Welcome to the Three Edge View from the Edge for May 2022. I'm Fritz Foltz, the Chief Investment Strategist here at Three Edge, and joined here once again today by Eric Beagleisen, Director of Investment Research and Deputy Chief Investment Officer here at Three Edge Asset Management. As we do at the beginning of each month, Eric and I will provide our firm's most recent outlook for the global capital markets based on our proprietary research model. We have a great deal to cover today, so let's get started. Let's get caught up on the big news of the week. And on Wednesday, the Federal Open Market Committee of the Federal Reserve announced that in order to seek to combat the highest rate of inflation in four decades, it would deploy the most aggressive tightening of monetary policy in decades. The FOMC voted to increase short-term interest rates by 50 basis points, or one half of 1%, which is the largest incremental increase since 2000. They also announced a plan to shrink the size of the balance sheet by more than $1 trillion a year. And interestingly, on the day that the Fed announced its largest single-day rate hike in 22 years, the stock market had its best single day of gains since 2020. And if you look back, yeah, you know, it kind of makes some sense since what markets tend to move on are surprises and markets react to what investors expect to happen in the future rather than what has just happened. And so a 50 basis point rate hike by the Fed was expected and it was priced in. However, there was fear that the Fed might go for 75 basis point increase either this past week or in the months to come. And so when uh, Chair Powell stated during the press conference that a 75 basis point increase in rates was not being considered, both stocks and bonds rallied as traders interpreted the day's events as slightly dovish, or at least not as hawkish as it could have been at the margin. However, the rally was short-lived to say the least. In fact, it lasted less than one day as the next day markets experienced a vicious reversal and gave back all of the prior day's gains and then some. The mood shifted dramatically from buy the dip to sell the rally, as investors once again focused on whether the Fed could actually tame inflation without raising interest rates dramatically, causing an economic slowdown, or even a, re a recession, and stagflation once again entered the conversation. Bond yields rose, and mortgage rates rose now to a level not seen since 2009. Clearly, the upward trend in short-term interest rates may continue, and ultimately, the Fed may need to raise rates to somewhere between 25 and 3%, and maybe even higher, to have a chance of getting ahead of the highest inflation in 40 years. Therefore, the path forward for the remainder of 2022 and beyond for the economy, the markets, and the Fed remains unclear. But as long as inflation is well above target and the labor market remains strong, the need for tighter monetary policy from the Fed is the most likely outcome. And so let's get started and let me hand things over to Eric now. And the first thing we do as we do each month is let's take a look at the three edge asset class matrix, which shows how our model research for the major asset classes may have changed since last month. So Eric, over to you. Awesome, thank you, Fritz. Yeah, well, as you can see from the chart here, not a lot has changed necessarily from our models outlook since last month. Uh, clients know that we've been, generally speaking, fairly defensive uh, coming into the year and the, due to the models projections for the various, particularly the risk asset classes, while favoring more uh, commodity and real assets like gold and commodity uh, exposures. 
Um, so really, the only change you're, you're noticing here is that cash has actually moved even more attractive to the top positive spot uh, as we view cash as an asset class, and in particular, uh, dry powder to use for asset to buy back assets uh, at lower prices. So, but we'll still move on and we can discuss each of these asset classes, uh, what's kind of going on under the hood, what we're seeing, what maybe will turn some of these more positive uh, in the months ahead. Excellent. So let's dive into the major asset classes that we model and let's see what our research is indicating, beginning with the equity markets. And it does seem that our current model is decidedly negative on all the major equity asset classes that we model, uh, with the exception of India, right? But let's take a look one at a time and why don't we begin with U.S. equities. Yeah, we've seen a material material corrections in the U.S. equity markets so far, first four months of 2022, uh, including it's the worst four months of performance for the S&P 500 since the 1970s. Uh, a lot of comparisons being drawn to that time period when we saw such significant inflation, as you already mentioned. Uh, negative factors influencing U.S. equities. Uh, they remain significantly overvalued by our measure, despite the steep correction we've already seen. Uh, still uh, also negatively impacting U.S. equities, widening credit spreads. This may signal that investors are becoming more concerned about the worthiness of, of corporate borrowers. Uh, and after a difficult four months, uh, the investor psychology that we see in the U.S. as we measure it remains decidedly negative. You know, on the other hand, are there positives? There are a few. We have a positively sloped yield curve uh, that in the, in the manner in which we measure it uh, and a steepening uh, yield curve. And so both of these are indicative for the potential of future growth. That said, these are not nearly enough positivity, the contribution from this to offset all the negatives that we're seeing. So let's take a look at what the model is now indicating uh, for ex-U.S. equities, beginning with Europe, which has obviously been hit very hard by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which has you know, dramatically increased inflation and slowed the European economy. So what are we seeing there? Yeah, I mean, you just nailed all the negative factors. European equities had a difficult start to 2022, just like the U.S. Um, you have that being compounded by the, the Russian invasion in Ukraine um, and the inflationary pressures. All of that we're feeding in. We're, we're also seeing widening credit spreads. We have a negative outlook on the euro, uh, negative investor psychology. So, you know, not a lot positive uh, to be taken there. That's why we, we your, European equities are remaining in that, that most negative slot for the, for the time being. Excellent. And so let's turn our attention to Asia and Japanese equity market. And the interesting thing that, 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 I've, that we've seen here over the last few months is just this very steep decline in the yen, right? But what is the model telling us about Japanese equities? Yeah, well, I sound like a broken record, but Japanese equities also have struggled quite, quite a bit so far in 2022. And the research continues to find them unattractive. Uh, negative factors, you know, include the flattening yield curve measure, uh, widening credit spreads. We've discussed that in, in the other regions as well. Negative outlook for the yen, as you just discussed, negative investor psychology as we measure it. You know, one positive factor for Japanese equities is that the research now finds them to actually be a bit more fairly valued than other equity asset classes. However, that alone isn't going to be enough to offset that list of negative contributors. So the outlook remains negative there. Excellent. So now let's look at emerging markets and emerging market equities and see what the model is indicating for both India and China, beginning with India, which I mentioned earlier, is the one major equity asset class that our model still finds at least somewhat uh, attractive. So what are we seeing in India? 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, India does represent, you know, one equity asset class that we consider to be uh, somewhat attractive. The factors, you know, that are influencing it more positively, uh, you know, we have a positively sloped and steepening yield curve measure. We have tightening credit spreads, actually, uh, for the region and positive investor psychology. So really a bit on an island. You know, it's true, though, that when global equities experience a material decline, investors don't necessarily distinguish amongst them. Uh, and can kind of indiscriminately sell off. So the outlook could change uh, for India if global equity markets deteriorate. Um, you know, one day doesn't make a trend, but as you noted, the equity market sell-off on Thursday this week, you know, was an example of such indiscriminate selling behavior, though India did hold up a bit better than some of its, its uh, peers that we model. Uh, also, also worthy to note is that a recent surprise interest rate hike by the Reserve Bank of India, that is India's central bank, to address the rising inflationary pressures in the region, that could compromise India's economic growth prospects, which may hurt equity markets there in the short to intermediate term, something we'll, we'll be watching. So overall, still a positive outlook, but certainly at risk of falling into a more neutral outlook. Excellent. Uh, so let's look at uh, China, which continues to struggle mightily with the outbreaks of COVID in major cities, including in Shanghai and Beijing, prompting the Chinese government to basically lock down Shanghai, but they also have recently taken steps to stimulate the economy, uh, I believe. But what is the model telling us about China equity? Yeah, well, you know how this begins. Uh, Chinese equities, uh, you know, too, have not been spared in the first four months of 2022, and the model research continues to, to find them unattractive. Um, you know, China is struggling with, with outbreaks of COVID. Uh, it's zero COVID lockdown that you just addressed has uh, had a negative impact, particularly around growth prospects for the, growth, the Chinese economy. The outlook for the, the yuan, their currency, is not particularly favorable. Uh, we're, we're seeing negative investor psychology in that region as we measure it. We're also seeing credit spreads widening, um, which is going to be another negative for, for the financial markets. The caveat to this otherwise very negative outlook is that after a steep decline, and with intensely negative investor psychology, and we've already seen this recently in China, is that it's possible that Chinese equities could fall into this behavioral oversold condition, mm -hmm. at which they'd be poised for a rebound, at least in the short term. Something mm -hmm. we're watching for, no doubt. And, some, and, and typically speaking, what we've seen in the past is around these levels is where the Chinese authorities step in, as you noted, with some stimulus. So, so we'll certainly be watching for that. And it would be our investor behavior uh, signals that would pick that up, right? Absolutely. Excellent. All right, so let's shift to the bond market and see what our model research is indicating for both U.S. Treasuries and uh, corporate bonds, particularly as the Fed now seemed to initiate its monetary policy tightening in earnest. And we've now seen the yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury rise again, once above uh, 3%. And in the corporate bond market, our model has picked up widening credit spreads, right, which we see reflected when we are evaluating the equity markets, but that's taking place in the credit market. So maybe you could talk about both uh, interest rates, which, which would be U.S. Treasuries and corporate bonds. Sure, yeah. Uh, inflationary pressures are turning out to be, you know, not to be anywhere near as transitory as the Fed had originally hoped, uh, and bond yields have risen throughout 2022. Uh, now over 3%, as you noted. Um, inflation pressures and rising interest rates continue to pose this threat to both the income generated from a bond portfolio, as well as the value of the bond holdings themselves through the price depreciation of rising yields. 
you know, in this type of environment. And with regard specifically to fixed income investing, our research continues to favor U.S. Treasury inflation protected securities, particularly on the, sh- the, the shorter term, the, the shorter term duration or TIPS as they're known, and to a greater extent, U.S. Treasury floating rate securities, uh, which may perform well in, in this inflationary and rising rate environment. The outlook for corporate credit remains negative, as you noted, uh, due to widening credit spreads. You know, we continue to witness uh, that, which is a concern for existing investments in credit, as well as, uh, you know, it's indicative of negative prospects for even considering an investment. You know, one upside to the rising yields that should be noted, um, should they settle in rather than continuing this upward climb, is certain fixed income instruments may become more competitive with equity investments. Once, once the yields are there and there is less concern about price depreciation of the actual investment from continued rising yields. Therefore, you know, we do, there is the potential for a bond market rally in the short term. Uh, not something right. we're necessarily positioned for, but it exists. You know, and I think that's very interesting because one of the things that has changed now is that with rates rising, you do get this effect where perhaps speculation becomes less rampant because now, instead of earning nothing for cash and so looking elsewhere, you could say, well, you know, 3% for 10 years, you know, maybe that's not that bad. And so that sort of, if you think about it, is starting to accomplish the type of things the Fed is looking to accomplish to get the, the speculative froth, if you will, right. um, out of the market. Anyway, I digress. Let's shift gears and look at real assets, both gold and commodities which, you know, are two of the only asset classes that have actually appreciated in the first four uh, months of the year. So what is the model telling us in terms of real assets, uh, both gold and commodities? Yeah, gold's one of the better performing asset classes year to date and has likely benefited from its role as a haven asset during the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, We've seen negative factors hurting our projection of gold, uh, including the rising dollar strength, likely caused by tightening monetary policy and a commensurate rise in real interest rates. Mm-hmm. That all said, it is a positive and a, and a testament to gold that it has held on to many of its gains, even as real yields have risen from at the start of the year. Down, uh, Real yields were about negative 110 basis points or minus 1.1%. And uh, you know, as of this week, uh, have risen to positive territory, mm-hmm. positive 16 basis points or 0.16%. And all while we've seen the dollar index, which is a basket of six currencies with heavy euro exposure, reach levels last seen when the dollar was last rising in a big way back prior to the tech stock bubble in 2000. Right. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're, so that's an overview there on gold. The core three edge strategies all benefited from, from gold and, and commodity holdings during, during the first four months of, of 2022. And uh, although our model research remains positive on commodities, the potential headwinds, including Continuing dollar strength and slowing demand for China uh, could be could be risks to that. Excellent, excellent. And so we should maybe mention again. We also recently just trimmed slightly both gold and commodity positions, just because in the short term maybe they'll face some headwinds. But long term, I believe we still are very positive about real assets, both gold and commodities, going uh, forward. All right. Well, great. I, Eric, thank you for that update on our outlook for the markets here in the uh, beginning of the uh, May, which marks the really, I guess, what we would declare to be the beginning of the Fed 
seeking to normalize monetary policy in earnest, right? Announcing 50 basis point increase in interest rates and also reducing uh, the balance sheet. And so the path forward, again, is, you know, it's fairly uncertain for the economy, the markets and the Fed, but the trend of rising interest rates in 2022 seems to be intact. So that will do it for Eric and me. We'll be back again in early June with the next edition of the Three Edge Week in Review. If you'd like a printable copy of the Three Edge View from the Edge newsletter, you'll find the print version on our website at threeedgeam.com. In addition, Steve Cucchiaro and I'll be back next week for another edition of the Three Edge Week in Review. As a reminder, all our video content is available on our Three Edge YouTube channel and all our videos, commentaries, and other information always available on our website. And again, that's threeedgeam.com. So on behalf of Eric and everyone here at Three Edge, thanks for listening. This commentary and analysis is intended for information purposes only. The commentary does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. The opinions expressed in view from the edge are those of Mr. Foltz and Mr. Beagleisen and are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. It is not intended to provide personal investment advice and does not take into account the unique investment objectives and financial situation of the listener. Investors should only seek investment advice from their individual financial advisor. The observations included here contain information from sources that 3Edge believes to be reliable, but the accuracy of such information cannot be guaranteed. Investments including common stocks, fixed income, commodities, and ETFs involve a risk of loss that investors should be prepared to bear.